Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Mike Mall of Impact Leads. Thank you so much, Mike, for being in the show. I appreciate it a lot. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I always love I always love starting my mornings with a good podcast. <laughs> it's a very good morning. And you started your own company uh, in 2013. So that, that's been a decade, a decade now. So can you tell us a little about first your story? Like, how did you get started in this uh, career? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I it was ten years in ten years this month, so it feels like almost almost like a story out of a um, you know fairy book tale. And I say that because mm -hmm. I actually didn't come from any of these backgrounds from marketing, from entrepreneurship. I didn't have a lot of that influence around in my life, um, and I was not a good student either. I was, you know. Mm -hmm very poor performing in high school. I did one year of university, which I knew from basically day 10 that I wasn't going to survive it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, left that. I worked in sales for a number of random things that didn't really align with my mm -hmm. skill set and my, my knowledge. Well, at that point, I guess I didn't have any knowledge still. But um, And then I, I thought that I had to go and, you know, be a big kid and take an adult mm. job with a salary and vacation and benefits and all that. So I worked for an insurance company for six years. Um, it was the most miserable time in my entire existence. Um, I ended up having a nervous breakdown outside, like in my car outside of the mm. office one morning, um, walked in, quit on the spot, and then started a company in my backyard two week, two weeks later. So not super traditional. And I didn't actually know that I had a skill in marketing until a year after I started the business. It was originally supposed to be an app. And while that app was failing, I you know took to YouTube and I learned how Google Ads worked because I was helping a company, mm. another company, sell ads at the time. And I thought, I think I can do this. Like a, there's something inherently that I understood about it. And um, yeah, so I took a weekend, learned a bunch of stuff on YouTube, and the rest is history. That's amazing. Actually, the the story is not really different with the um, previous people that we uh, interviewed in the episode, because there is um, uh, a CMO in a big company in New York who started as a skateboarder. So I think um, you established what he's saying is that he developed like the persistence and then determination to do the trick that he's doing. And then he started his own shop and then he learned how the community works. And I think um, it's a little bit the same with yours. So you've been like emerged to how really things works and you have like a pretty good understanding. And then you started your own. So that's amazing. So how about the business? Can you tell me how it take, like what's the main focus you have in terms of helping your customers? Yeah, absolutely. So it recently changed. So I'm, I'm in the I'm in a transitionary period, which is both exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. So, but what it did do for for the for the first nine years was we primarily ran Google Ads. So I always used to say, and our customers hate that we we ran boring ads for boring businesses. So <laughs> any like service stuff where you know the brand doesn't matter, you know. So pair of shoes, you know, brand brand will matter. Um, someone putting a roof on your house their brand doesn't matter. Whoever's going to install your pool, whoever's going to clean your teeth, right? So those kind of like local service companies where you just mm. Google it and you find the one that looks good and you just go for it. Those are the types of businesses that I liked running ads for because what I found was anything that required brand to sell, 
you had to go, you know, pretty far out in in like omni-channel marketing and having, mm-hmm. you know, content and having big social media. And I just never wanted to work with companies that required that to sell their product or service. And so that's primarily how that, that's primarily what we focused on. And we do still have some customers that we do that for now. Oh, I see. I see that that's amazing. And uh, prior to this um the decade of marketing firm that you have, you've also like build like a lot of experience like you've been in sales um you've been in um with the insurance company so you've got a pretty solid structure in there even if it's not like directly related to marketing so um uh, in connection with that i I know there are a lot of challenges that you have for the the past decade A, a lot a lot of business have experienced the same thing right but what's like the the best challenge like or like the worst challenge that you face and how did you overcome it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, people will say the market, the economy, competition, and sure, I mean, yes, those, but those things are always going to be a factor in business. And so I actually think my biggest thing that was the most difficult to overcome and what most people should strive to overcome is letting go of their ego and getting out of their own way in growing their business. And I, you know, I say this with a lot of personal experience in that I had a lot of ego at the beginning. I thought, Mm. Hey, this is my thing. I have to be the smartest guy in the room. I need to be better at every single person that does whatever function inside my company. I was very insistent. And I, as a result, I was a terrible leader. I micromanaged. I, you know, sometimes had a short fuse. I sometimes Mm. didn't know what I wanted, but wasn't happy with what we had, which is insane as the person who is, you know, the one that makes the guidelines and then not having it, but not liking it at the same time is, is kind of a ludicrous thing. And I, you know, I, my team knows how much I love them because some of them are, you know, still with me in that. Mm. But I, I think that was the biggest thing at the beginning. And when you feel threatened by everything, it's your ego and your brain playing small and playing in a scarcity mindset. And when that happens, you make crappy decisions that doesn't allow you to grow in a meaningful and substantial way. And what I mean by that, you know, I almost lost the business once because our, you know, one of our highest revenue years, which was just like about 725,000, I lost money that year mm. because I was throwing money at problems because I wanted to be the, you know, the be all and end all. And I wanted mm. to be the smartest, all this crap. And we, we ended up having to hire a ton of people and a ton of services to fix all the errors and all the issues that I caused because at that time, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, let go of the the power and the control of the company. So I think that was the biggest thing. Mm. Like ego. It's interesting because that's actually the thing that I'm uh, currently uh, reading right now. It's the, the ego is the enemy by Ryan holiday. And it's yeah. pretty uh, like, definitely related to what you are uh, telling me like it's clouding our judgments and how we work things out because of the ego like we think about it like like we are the superstar we can do it no matter what not really looking at the the facts we should like realize that we should use like data-driven decisions right so yeah i I totally agree with that one yeah that's a big part and then the other side of it which is a little bit more complicated and challenging for like a solo business owner. Like I I work with a lot of solo marketers who are like, you know, I I do the sales and then I onboard them and then I do the work and I do the invoicing and I customer, like I manage everything. And so um, I think 
when that happens, when you're the forefront of everything, which is, you know, most people's scenario when they first start, it's the inability to separate you from the business. And what I mean by that is, you know, when somebody says no to, you know, you, you pitch a project, you put a proposal together, you do a sales call and they say, no, I don't, we're not going to move forward or they ghost you or whatever happens when you can't separate that no from you being rejected to a product that has nothing to do with you being rejected. That's where a lot of people get caught up because they Mm. take this stuff very personally. And in some ways, you know, your business is your baby. Yes. But if you stay in that mindset too long, you know, those rejections and those pushbacks and everything that, you know, doesn't go your Mm. way. If you take that as a personal attack or you take that in any way personally, it's going to really inhibit your ability to grow and, and, to move past things quickly, which you need to do to survive in business. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I totally agree with that one. I, I really like that idea a lot. And how about digital marketing? Like in that particular industry, what do you think like the, the greatest tri- uh, challenge that digital marketing industry is facing right now with your experience? Yeah. I mean, at the small scale, I think it's barrier to entry being so low you know, and Instagram profiles being so easy to set up, you know, we help these people do this thing. And then you, you know, you get on the phone with them and talk strategy and the person has no idea what they're talking about. It's so easy for someone to get, you know, they don't even have to get the Google ads, Mm. you know, marketing badge. They could just say, I'm a digital marketer. And, you know, through my experience with hiring, with my experience through working with companies who have had failed agencies working for the in the past there's a lot of crap out there there's a lot of mm. shitty agencies sorry if i'm not supposed to swear but and there's a lot of people that even within organizations don't know what they're doing even though they went to they got their you know their ba or their masters in mm. marketing you know we have conversations with global entities and i'm not going to drop any names because obviously <laughs> it would go against <laughs> what you know, the conversation i've had with them but i've had you know with people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month and the person in charge of that decision inside that business doesn't know more than the surface level about tracking or optimizing or content requirements. And it's so it's kind of scary that everyone thinks they need to be doing it, but there's such a gap in education. And most of the service providers, most of the agencies don't know how to bridge the gap. They just say, cool, tell me what the price is. Tell me what the product is. Give me an offer to put in our ads. And they just go and they don't have a understanding of the business's fundamental elements and you need to know that you need to be a strategist Mm. first before you can be a campaign builder Um, and i think that's a big gap where there's just a lot of companies that are not good at both and can only do one or the other but are trying to you know take i'll use air quotes around take on both pieces and that you know that hurts that gives the industry a bad name that you know that makes someone having to go through three agencies before they can get any performance and and when I, when good agencies that are good at what they do step up to the plate, mm-hmm. you know, conversations start with, well, I'm 15, 20 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand down, burned through other companies that sucked at what they do. I don't, I automatically don't trust you. Right. And so it's yeah. tricky, but I think that's, you know, it's prevalent. It's becoming more prevalent in a lot of industries. So it's not just us. And to delve in uh, more in that, I, I actually totally agree with you with that one. Because a lot of like companies out there who just jump into marketing, even hire uh, VAs just to do those socials, not really having like their actual strategy. 
So how important it is to to have like a, a marketing strategy? Yeah, it's it's everything because there's only and this is what I say to everyone I work with from a coaching perspective, there's only so much time, energy and bandwidth that you have. Right? And so if if you've got these seven different channels, well, I want to do social, I want to do my blog, I want to do LinkedIn ads, I want to do outreach, I want to do lunch and learns, whatever whatever that list looks like. The truth is like, there's probably one to two channels that are going to bring you 80 to 85% of the revenue. And so you need to hone in and figure out what has the opportunity to work or what is currently working. Most people are just, they get shiny object syndrome and I'm guilty of this, but they watch a YouTube video saying, oh, TikTok's the thing. And then I have people coming to me saying, oh, can you help me manage TikTok? I'm like, nobody wants to see you on TikTok. We're not, that's not going to happen. Like you could be spending 10 times the amount on Google ads. Like we're getting five to one or seven to one. And we're only, you know, we're only showing ads to 30% of the people that are looking like let's spend more there. But people, I think people jump all over the place. And I think that causes Mm -hmm. a lot of friction and makes people believe that things don't work. The amount of conversations I've had with like midsize companies who are like, no, Google ads don't work. Okay. Well, tell me about that experience. And you have to dig in. Well, we spent like 500 bucks one time and I'm like, okay, on what, who managed it? Well, you know, the guy from it, of course it didn't work. It's $500 and the it guy did it. Right. So, um, that's the biggest thing. It's like people don't go deep. They go wide. And the truth is you don't have the energy or bandwidth or time to be doing seven different channels of marketing if you're not a huge company. And so I think that's where people get stuck. And I know it's a challenge for you, but how do you um, how do you make people understand? Because there are a lot of companies out there who just wanted to have this result and don't really and wanted to do it this way. But, you know, that's not the right way to do it. But how do you make them understand that this is the right way for you? This is what works for you. Yeah, you, you can't always. So one of the reasons why I haven't strive to grow a big company and I've had people say, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to invest. I want you to like blow this agency up. And the truth is I don't want to, because I don't, I don't want to explain it to someone that's not willing to get it or doesn't get it. Right. I, for me, I would rather work with 10 clients and have a 30 to 35,000, 30 to $35,000 a month business where my margins like 70%. And just pay myself 20 grand a month and be done with it rather than, you know, I think the expansion, I don't, I just don't have that desire. And I think, you know, January is like the the apocalypse for digital marketing, right? As people have gone on vacation, they've done their Christmas Mm. or their holiday break, they've watched a bunch of YouTube and they come back and they're like, I don't think we should do anything we're doing anymore. Mm. We're going to like, this is the next frontier because I watched a four minute video before. And I just find that that conversation became exhausting. And so I really try and only work with some people where they will take the time to understand my education, Mm -hmm. but I think there needs to be education. And so what I typically do is we make reports very easy to understand. You know, a lot of people will say clicks and CTR and they'll use their acronyms. Like our reports say like the, the, the impressions say people, number of people who saw your ad on Google clicks is number of people who saw your ad and went to your website from Google ads. Like, and so you're re- and it's like telling mm. you a real story. And I think until you do that, and until you, you deploy advanced conversion tracking, you can't really win. 
And I'll, I'll spend two seconds on the advanced conversion tracking because this is something that people should be doing. It's, you know, there's a bunch of products called tracking metrics, call rail, mm. et cetera, where, you know, someone comes to the website from a certain channel, let's say a Google ad or a Facebook ad, or you use a, you use a, one of the phone numbers from, um, from this system, like from the call rail. So what happens is it records every call that comes in from the Google ad. So it dynamically changes the phone number on the website. So whether I click it or I dial it, um, you know, it, it tracks that call. Or if a form submission happens on the website, it's like, oh, you know, Mike Mall submitted a form. He came from this ad, which was this keyword. And so what we do at the end of a month is as a mandatory function is, hey, here's the 28 people that came and inquired with your business this month directly from our ads in black and white. Go and tell us how many of these people signed up and how much mm -hmm. they spent, how much money did we make this month? And once that conversation is implemented, if that person's actually doing the work to go answer that question, we don't have, you know, we don't get challenged on the value of our, our service. They know if I pay you three grand and I pay Google five grand and I, you know, I can make 30 and I'm happy with that. And every month mm -hmm. we get that same thing. And so, you know, I think a lot of people just, try and make flashy numbers and make mm. flashy dashboards. But if you're, if your client, the person that's paying you doesn't fundamentally understand it, inevitably they're going to see some other shiny object or someone mm. else is going to talk to them in a way that feels more understandable or more calm and they're going to leave. So that's what I would recommend. I agree with that. And um, it, it that's why it requires um, like trust, right? Like they need to trust you. They need to trust your experience. They need to trust your work um, in order for like to move forward with, with the growth. Because like what you said, we are easily like get attracted with these shiny objects. And I really like how realistic it is that you you handle your uh, business because that's how that's one of the best quality that you need. You don't need to be like delusional because if you are, you'll be running off the cliff, right? And um, can you share like any specific uh, tactic? Or tools. I know there there are a lot of channels out there, but how about like a tactic or a tool that's particularly effective in marketing a brand? Yeah, absolutely. So I think where a lot of people go with their brain of marketing, they go new client, new client, new client, right? That's acquisition leads. Um, I'll suggest that you think about retention and retention marketing as a bigger opportunity and a bigger channel because. There are a lot of people like me who are like, hey, I would love to work 60 hours a month, make a certain amount of money, get to travel the world. Like that's my life is amazing right now. And um, it's because the clients that pay us three to five grand a month love us and want to keep paying us. But there's requirements to make that happen. And so I would think about retention marketing. One of the biggest things that we've implemented over the past few years that's made a huge difference is like asynchronous. So just like one way communication via loom and so instead of you know every week or every two weeks we send them a, a you know a snapshot or a, a report of their dashboard we actually have our media buyer go into the dashboard and record a loom video so if anyone that, that doesn't know loom it records your face in one mm. corner and then your screen in the background and so he'll actually open up the account and say you know Hey, Ted, it's Naz, uh, just giving you an update. You know, remember what we mentioned about two weeks ago? Yeah, we fixed that. So that's performing. That's looking like this. Um, this week, we're working on A, B, and C. 
Uh, just wanted to make sure you're seeing that result on your end. Let us know. And so it's a you know 30 to 45 second video update. That person can watch it at any time. They don't have to block out 15 minutes on their calendar. Um, so that it's like giving them their time back, but still letting the customer feel in control of what's going on and their results. And so that's been a game changer for us. And I highly recommend. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be for a marketing agency. It could be for any different type of business. Mm-hmm. But I agree. think about how little we want to give out based on our calendar. So stop asking that of people just for the sake of fulfilling that. So like send them a, a one minute loom video with, Hey, this is what's happened this week. We're working on these things. This is what I need from you. Have a great weekend. I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. So highly recommend. It is pretty helpful. Even for us, even for us about that, it's pretty helpful. And how about, um, how about for, for those, because we have a lot of small to medium-sized business owners who, who are listening to the show. So what advice can you give for those who already um, have their own brand but wanted to, to scale it further through marketing? Like what is like, can you provide like a structure that they should follow? Like to how to avoid that, like the, the ego, the, the getting attracted to shiny stuff. Yeah. So what advice can you give them? So either either have somebody in your organization or hire a consultant to help you understand the landscape of your current marketing efforts. So everything from, you know, a heat map on your website to what are you actually, what is your, even just as simple as like, what are your Google analytics tracking, right? Is it tracking if somebody calls you, somebody fills out a form, like do you have a, do you have an event firing so that your analytics can tell you when these things are happening? I think most people they don't understand the mechanics of how their business is being viewed and how people are interacting with their brand online, which is how most people come into their ecosystem. So, you know, most people say, oh, well, I I saw this thing or my friend is doing this and this is, you know, I got to be an influencer now, or we need to go all in on blogs and make our SEO work. But do you know if it's even possible for you to rank for the keyword you're trying to rank for SEO, like, do you have any idea? And so people get these ideas without A, knowing what's involved and B, without understanding fundamentally right now, where are most of your eyeballs coming from? Where are most of the leads coming from? How are they converting? So I would clean up that. And whether you need to hire somebody to like spend an hour or two walking you through it, or you have somebody internally, but get intelligent on what's happening now, because for most businesses, for most small businesses, um, one or two channels is all you'll ever need. Um, mm-hmm. Google ads are, I mean, everyone says, oh, they're more expensive and they're not as, you know, they, there's no pictures because they're not on Facebook. It doesn't matter. Google ads are, you know, we're we're averaging like six to 12 to one return on everything that we're doing right now mm-hmm. uh, because we have a very focused landing page. We know, we know what percentage of people are going to make the phone call. We know, you know, internally, once that call comes in, what's the best way, who's the best person for them to talk to, what's that best process. So I think it's, it's audit and understand what's going on Mm. first before you start jumping into stuff, because there's this tendency to look at what's going on around us and think that we need, uh, we need more channels. And the truth is we just need to be very good at one or two channels for our, Mm. like when we market for ourselves, we have two channels. I don't do anything else. Impact leads has a LinkedIn page. It's never been posted on just to like have it. Um, it has no other social channels. It doesn't matter. It really, I couldn't care less about social media because that's not how we make our money. Mm-hmm. And so the, the distraction of like, 
now going to create content and trying to compete with 10,000 other agencies in North America? No, thank you. <laughs> you know, I know that's not what makes us money. So just focus on the things that are working, but understand what those things are first. Spend that time, spend some money to understand that because that will take the stress. When you know that these two channels mm. are the things that make you money, I know if I make, if I send this many videos, I get X amount of responses, I get X amount of meetings, I get X amount of clients. So when I need money, I send 150 custom videos to people. And then I I bake an extra four to $6,000 a month. I know it, I've done it over and over and over again. So mm. it's not scalable, it's not sexy, but like I know it works. So I don't ever worry about where the next customer is coming from. I know how to go out and get a customer because I have those, those two channels and I, they're proven and I understand them. So just focus on a couple things, do them great, and and make sure they're the things that, that are making you money. Amazing, amazing. Like you need to determine what works for you and then you double down in there. That's pretty efficient way, yeah, I agree, totally agree. And for our listeners who want to connect with you, anyone thinking about working with you or partnering with you, what's the best way to do that, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me at Mike Mall, M-I-K-E-M-O-L-L dot co dot C-O. Um, that's the kind of the the consulting side of things. And then I travel the world full time. So I'm a pretty mm. I'm a pretty fun follow on Instagram at the Mike Mall. <laughs> so you can come say hi over there. <laughs> that's that that's sweet. That's sweet. So what I like about this uh interview, Mike, is um again, um the simplicity that you have. And also how realistic it is and also about the, the ego. So it's pretty amazing having you in the show. The information that you provided to us are super insightful. And we can say that this is considered as a liquid gold. So that's it, Mike. Really appreciate your time and the, the information. Appreciate yeah, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Amazing. Cheers.